there's a question that agriculture is facing. Who's taking over this business as farmers get older? Welcome to Around Farm Progress, a weekly podcast that looks at agriculture issues across the country. I'm Willie Vogt, your host and editorial director for Farm Progress. Transition in agriculture has been top of mind for many in the last few years. The average age of the American farmer keeps creeping up, raising a concern about who will be coming in to raise our food for the future. Mindy Ward, editor of Missouri Ruralist and executive editor for the Farm Progress Western Group, shares information about a project editors across the company are undertaking, finding and profiling the next generation farmer. She shares what she's learned so far and what she sees as the opportunities ahead. Mindy, welcome to Around Farm Progress. Thanks, and great to be here. (laughs) So you've been busy out on the road and seeing a lot of people, and I guess one of the areas I wanted to talk with you about is a project you're kind of working with and more of our editors are looking at is uh, kind of looking at um, all those young faces that are going to take over for the rest of us when we move on, the next generation. What is that project about? Can you give me a little idea of what you're what you're trying to do there? Yes. Um, so a group of us got together. Um, we kind of have meetings uh, with our own individual groups, and uh, we were just brainstorming of new ways to cover agriculture. And what we found was there was this young generation that we really haven't looked at as closely as maybe we should have. So we decided to go and just seek out those individuals actually in their 20s. There's a lot of people who do them in their 30s and, you know, some nowadays our young farmers are considered, you know, 45 and under. But um, we wanted to look at those who are just starting out in their careers, um, what they were doing and how successful they were being. And I guess some of the pitfalls that maybe they come across and some of the, you know, successes that they've had. So, we as the state level, um, I've done some on mine. I know the Dakotas have and Nebraska and across our brands at Farm Progress, we're looking at profiling young individuals in their 20s who are either career professionals that are just serving the agriculture industry or maybe those who are actually in production in the agriculture industry. And then um, over the course of this summer, we're going to put them together and then we will compile them all into a what I think is a large um, gallery or a large piece of our 30s under 30 piece. And so we're just going to profile maybe 30 people from across the nation and young people who are in their 20 somethings. So it, it looks like to be a really good production for us, I guess. Well, I think that's a great idea. I think one of the things we do miss, it's all well and good to focus on somebody who's well-established and has been farming for 25 years, but that farmer is interesting to read about and has a good business that they've created. But these new farmers, for lack of a better phrase, um, they came up different ways because I think we're finding not only people who are in, in not inheriting, but coming into the family business, as it were, but we're getting some first generation people, right? Oh, oh, absolutely. So um, some of them are building it up all on their own. Um, I, I guess what I've found so far of doing this is that these agriculture and these young kids, it's hard work. And you and I both know that, you know, even during COVID and everything else, agriculture never quits. And so these are young people who are having to start out on their own. Um, I visited with one who is in Centralia, and while her family has a background um, in cattle production, she built it all on her own starting when she was in uh, college and it's called Savannah's Farm Fresh and she sells beef directly off the farm. She rents her own ground in order to raise her own cattle and um, 
just really gets out there and gets after it. It's not easy for all of them. You know, a lot of them don't have a a family member that is ready to retire yet or be the one that's willing to, you know, give them <laughs> land or property or assets um, or just just trying to figure out how to start out. And so they started out early and um, she's doing well and found, you know, really hit the ground running when it came to COVID. It really boosted her sales because people were looking for that local meat. They got a little scared when they couldn't find it on the grocery store shelves. And so it took off for her. It really did. And so, but she's one of those who would be considered a next gen farmer, but really has done it on her own. And um, I, I think that's what is so interesting uh, that I've been finding when I visit with these kids is not kids. There you go. You just did it. You <laughs> called yourself. There you go. You classified yourself right in that. Well, the interesting thing from my standpoint is uh, you bring up a good point. I have long thought that there was an opportunity to get an agriculture if you really wanted to without having a family member. It's not easy. I'm never going to say it's easy, but you have to really bring a business mind to this. Agreed. And and that's the other thing. They are entrepreneurs. I tell you what, this group in their 20-somethings, they are not afraid of risk. I'm, I'm sorry, Willie, but my generation, we were a little afraid of risk. I mean, we were just the go in there, get your nine to fivers, you know, not necessarily, or at least my group was not necessarily those who were out there just to say, okay, maybe this will work. And if this doesn't work, I'll try something else. And if this doesn't work, I'll try something else. Ours was, well, if that didn't work, we're going to go find a nine to five job. Um, they're not like that. Um, you know, Savannah has, you know, has done beef, she's done lamb and, and just trying to figure out what is working, what do the con consumers want? And I, they just really enjoy building their own business. And I've been impressed with just that. And, and on the side of, you know, we do have those young producers now who I have is going to be another one that I profile is a young dairy producer who is actually working on a succession plan with his family to take over the farm. But it's expanding the farm, you know, so there's a, I'm just impressed with their ability to take risks because I'm not that way. <laughs> well, in my, in my experience in covering this and watching this as a farm business, most uh, as a farm business evolution, you can't just bring the kid back to the farm either mm, uh, no. because that is essentially a pay cut for the farmer. So the when you bring people back, they've got to bring business with them, whether they become a seed salesman or bring in their own cattle or take some of the risk on themselves or start a side business. So why not just do it on your own too? I mean, if you right. can work the capital, and I think the capital is the biggest issue, it's cash. But if you're gradual, like Savannah started in college, so I'm sure she right. brought in a few cows, rented some land and started just building some ca a cow herd. Correct. Correct. And that's how they've been doing. I know a couple of other people in our state who have actually, you know, like you said, they have a row crop business, but they added um, hog finishing um, for the sun yeah. to come home. So that that was also an option. But like you said, you can't just, you know, expect to go onto the farm. And these kids aren't. I mean, they're not expecting it. Just they're making it happen. And I think that's what is so intriguing um, about them is they're making it happen. And um, the other young lady I visited with was Sonia Perry, who is a vet. And it's not mm -hmm. just I'm going to go back and work to be a vet. It's her goal has always been be a partner in their local veterinary clinic and buy into it. And that's what she's working toward. And these kids work hard. I said, yeah. unless you've been on the back end of a cow after you've done a preg check and had manure shoot all over you. Um, it's been interesting to see that. Of, you know, it, it's just not the most pretty work. 
But um, I giggle at Sonia if you ever get a chance to go on the website and look up her uh, story. She has one that um, she wears uh, earrings, cultured earrings and, and pearls in her and her eye watch. Everything, you know, everything that she's doing, uh, she will have dressed up. She goes and some people are like, why in the world do you dress up? She goes, would you take it any different if I was, you know, look like a guy and didn't have my <laughs> <laughs> makeup and my earrings on she goes I still do the same thing but they do take pride in their work and I love that about it it's one of those of you know they don't change for anything they take pride in their work they work hard and it doesn't matter you know I can prank check a cow and have makeup on and jewelry <laughs> well you, know, you bring up an interesting point these are hardworking folks mm-hmm. and the interesting thing about that is from my standpoint is that today there are so many opportunities in agriculture for the actually incredibly well-paying nine-to-five job to be honest, right. whether it's working at a uh, an AI company, and I do mean artificial insemination, those of you who follow ag tech, it means something else, um, or someone who goes to be in uh, seed development or soybean breeding or whatever, those are good paying jobs. So it's interesting that these are very much entrepreneurial people, that they mm-hmm. really wanna be their own boss, they wanna control their own destiny. Right, I, yeah. And- I'll, I'll tell you one thing that we can chat about a little bit, and that is I've had a lot of whenever I've gone to find um, these young professionals, um, there are a lot of women, um, young women that get offered to, you know, and I don't necessarily ask, you know, is it male or female? I really don't care. Um, I just say, do you have an individual who is in their 20s who is doing great things in agriculture? And, you know, they'll send up a lot of women. And so I have had this thought in my mind, Willie, after doing this, of where are my next young men? And um, I know a lot of them are in finance. A lot of them are in agronomy. And we're going to look at those individuals as well, Mm -hmm. because there are actually those are hard workers, too. I mean, there is no you know, easy thing about it. They have been working as well. And I said, I am kudos to the ag industry for producing these kids. But it is a concept that I wonder of, you know, who is coming back to the farm, who are people showing, you know, showcasing out. And I think um, a lot of young men probably need that same <laughs> accolades because they're working hard too, as these young women that I keep coming across. It's interesting to me that you're, you're being uh, pointed toward uh, women who are doing this. I think maybe that's because don't take this wrong. Maybe people feel like, well, this is really interesting. A woman's getting this done, which there's that always at work in this, right? If somebody's thinking of ideas or people that stand out, but you're right. Agriculture is actually more open to women than it's ever been. Um, the, the stereotypes are changed, haven't they? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because you see these uh, young women in a lot of different arenas of agriculture and, and they're doing well in that, I said. But um, it's also one of those that, you know, I'm, I'm looking for a good story in anyone. So anybody hear this podcast, you know, if you have a young man that you're like, he is just flat getting it done um, in agriculture and doing a great job. You know, I, we're always open to look and, and showcase these because what I think is really important on this segment in general is I think we need to start, you know, it's always good. Like you said, we like to read about those farmers who are, you know, doing well and they're older. But I think it's this this feel good that when we look at these young people as older generation, we can come alongside them and encourage them because mm-hmm. this job is not easy in agriculture, no matter what section in agriculture you are in or what sector in agriculture you are in. It is a hard job. 
And I don't know that they have many people coming along saying, you're doing great, you know, (laughs) well done, keep it up. So I think that's what I looked at this is, is I want a feel good story of one that we can say, you know what, these are good young people. And when I see them now, I'm going to, you know, call them and, you know, tell them or shoot them a message and say, well done, you know, keep it up. You're doing great. You know, we're we're really proud of you. Um, You know, just stay in there with us and hang with us because Willie, you know, a lot of them just leave the industry. Um, it, It just gets too cumbersome. And they leave. But there's a lot of them out there who are willing to stick it out and stay with it. And, um, you know, they're working. And I, I appreciate hard work. <laughs> you well, and I, I both I, do. I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate hard work, yes. And the other side of this is, though, this is a great business story. Yes. And we, we, we're great to talk about farm production and how to raise better corn and how to raise more beans and how to put more fat on cattle. That's what part of, a big part of what we do. But we need to look at the business of agriculture and the changing shape of agriculture. Um, with the average age of the farmer at 57, which is, you know, like I always like to say, I'm above average. But the the whole <laughs> idea there is that we want to be there for that next generation and mm-hmm. help tell that story. The other side of it is that we want to connect them with experts if there's an opportunity for them to do better and grow. And we are that networking tool that's possible for agriculture. And you're right. I was going to mention that anybody listening to this podcast, if you know a forward thinking young farmer that you're amazed and whether they're in beef, hogs, poultry, dairy, whatever they're doing, please send their names along. You can uh, just find me on the internet. That's easy. Apparently everybody does. And I'll forward it to the right editor in the right state because we've already started to do some of these profiles. And I mean, I just saw one Ginger Rousey did in Delta Farm Press. It was fascinating. Guy decided he was he trained to be a physical therapist and he turned around and said, you know, I think farming's a better idea. I know how much physical therapy pays. And I think this is fantastic that this guy decided that he's going to agriculture. So it's exciting. And I think it's great that we can share the energy of this group. But the other side of it that's cool is you've now met some, you're going to meet 30 under 30, and we can go along with them on their journey. We can check in with them um, in blog posts and see how things are going. Where are they now kind of things. And so I think it'll be great editorial, but also for those out there that Maybe I'm I'm dad and I've got a 20-something daughter or son and I didn't think that there's an opportunity in this business for them. Dad, I got news for you. There is. Right, right. And you just kind of have to open up those doors and let them walk through to see what is successful and what is failures. Because you and I both know that in our life, we learn a lot from our failures. But it's one of those, if you have somebody who's coming alongside of you to help you out and, and um, you know, help you to realize that those failures are teachable moments and then they can do it, you know, in the comfort of family. That's always helpful as well. But even if you're just a mentor out there who says, you know, I have some information to give and I would love to, you know, help these young farmers out. I think that would be a great opportunity to just visit with them because they have some unique ways of doing things. You know, um, they really do take advantage of social media. They really do take advantage of that avenue of selling and buying and um, getting local clients, building their clientele. Um, You know, there's a lot more that we never had and we didn't do. So it's, I think, a learning on both ends of, you know, of what the next generation can bring to us as well as what we can bring to them. And these young people, they're willing to listen. I mean, they really are. So um, I've been impressed with who I've met along the way so far. So it's it's brought a lot of liveliness back to, you know, reporting. <laughs> it brings you that other side of, well, there's, there's hope, you know, <laughs> this is great. And they make me encouraged about the agriculture and uh, agriculture in the future. I think it's that's what they bring to me anyway, is that 
revitalization that I needed after a long year of being cooped up. <laughs> long year being cooped up and seven years of corn at least under four. Right. I mean, there's two things going on here that really are going to help this series too. And I'm great news for those young entrepreneurs that are getting in the business where it looked like we're on an up cycle for a little bit, which hopefully allow them to work their balance sheets into the right place. And also I'd recommend for those that are young farmers listening to this podcast, if you're looking for a place to get good business information, shameless plug, the Farm Future Summit's coming up in June. And uh, there's a great networking opportunity if you want to find mentors and good old older farmer business members or veteran farmer business members, as well as other young farmers. That, that event draws quite a few young farmers. So that's an opportunity, too, is to look at ways to network if you're a young farmer. And hopefully we can provide those places as well with our event side, as well as what we're doing in the magazines, brands and moving forward. This is really exciting. I like the fact that I get something out of you that your voice that I'm hearing is it is really energizing you, isn't it? It is. It absolutely is. And what you find with them is when you visit with them, it's not only agriculture. And what I loved about um, especially Savannah, she was one of the first ones I've done. Mm -hmm. um, she was one who, uh, Willie, she's foster parenting at the age of 27. Wow. I mean, they really are individuals who have invested in their community. They've learned well um, to go and see where is there a need. And it's more than just, you know, that work for them. They are finding that work life balance. And then they're also just I mean, giving back to people, um, I, I was amazed by that because for this next generation, you know, it's not all just I'm going to work in agriculture. This is where I'm at. We they are taught to be well-rounded and um, just to do those things that make them happy and to benefit their local communities. So it's it's been, in, I guess, one of those sidebars that you get going out from people and mm -hmm. visiting with them and learning who they are and what they do. That's the best part of our job is they offer you insight into their lives and then you just can't help but be in awe of how much they're doing and boy will it makes you figure out what did i do with my life now you know yeah. <laughs> as an I'm older generation thinking that very like thing. wait a second <laughs> i'm so. thinking that very thing myself so what, right. what have i done after right. all these years i'm just thinking also about the foster kids that savannah's taking in mm -hmm. great for them to have a loving family support right. um and then also to learn that work really does start at 6 a.m so right. how can you have that a bad thing and to see that at be to model that work for right. people who are trying to figure out who they are and where they are. So Correct. that is fantastic. And I mean, the veterinarian story was interesting, too. I mean, we have an issue in this country that we have an extreme shortage of large animal veterinarians. Um, a lot of these folks going to veterinary school are more excited about working with uh, dogs and cats, yes. apparently also hamsters, gerbils and iguanas. But that's a different issue. Um so it was great to see somebody young, energetic, with, you know, who likes to dress up for work that doesn't mind getting to the business end of a cow. No. And and Sonia is one of those that it's always been large animal vets for her. Cool. Um, she never wavered, but she did say, like you said, um, when she went to vet school, the majority of them wanted to go into small animal. And there was only a handful that were like, no, I'd like to go back and work those um, large animals. And I mean, and, and she can move cattle just like the, the best of them. And it was great on that day because I had um, it was an all female team. Her vet tech was also um, a, one of a female. So it was interesting. We got the head shoot in the rear. Both both ends of the cow were being worked by um, <laughs> young women. And it 
it was just exciting to see, I guess, of what they're willing to do. And like you said, how they're willing to go out there and just be in an industry that large animal that is not easy. She joked that she wished there was an app on her iWatch that um, that on, on her Apple Watch that would tell her, you know, that we got move goals for this. She goes, this is exercise, <laughs> but there is nothing for preg checking cows. <laughs> So well, there is we an other to. there is an other category. I mean, I use that quite a bit yeah. on my watch. So, but yes, it would really work you up. It, it does, and so that's what I think. It's a hard business. It's a hard work, um, and that's what I like most about this group and this next generation is they're not afraid of it. And if there's anything that I've learned from them is, you know, it's not. And I understand the small animal can you know be taxing on you, you know, physically, mentally, but this is really hard labor intensive work on those large animals and they tackle it like it's nothing. And um, I was just really impressed with their ability on that as well. What I, what I find fascinating about large animal work though, is that it's not an eight to five job. Um, calving happens 24 hours a day and that, that breech calf, that one always seems to show up at about 2 a.m. Right. So Sonia's got plenty of those overnight stories. I'm sure she'll yes. have to tell someday. Someday we'll have to talk to her after she's got a few years under her belt and talked about some great war stories. <laughs> so. Exactly. I apparently missed the one where they had to run down the cow and kind of rope the calf in the middle of the field. They're like, that one would have been fun for you to video. <laughs> so I missed that one. It was an open pasture, you know, haul. <laughs> so. I, there's there's a good value for stalls, but that's all yes. I'm saying. I don't want to go any farther than that. Well, Mindy, it's been good talking to you, and this is a very exciting project. I encourage uh, everyone listening to the podcast to watch for these stories on their favorite Farm Progress brand, and then later in the year, we'll do another podcast when we're ready to do the promotion for the roundup of 30 Under 30, which I think will be very interesting for a lot of people to read. There's some good business stories here. There's some good people stories here, and I'm looking forward to reading them. Me too. And yes, especially from all across the country. And that's what the greatest part of our progress is, that it, you don't just get Missouri people. You don't just get the Dakotas. You know, you get all across the nation. So you may have some almond producer that you've never heard of um, that does great things. And those are just great stories to hear. And again, if you know somebody like that and you want to reach out, find me at willie.vote at farmprogress.com. My email also runs with this podcast when it shows up online. So I'm happy to pass those leads on to editors around the country. Thanks again, Mindy. Have a great week. You too. Bye-bye. After this talk, I feel even more optimistic about the future as these young entrepreneurs position themselves for tomorrow. Thanks to Mindy Ward, Missouri Ruralist, for her insights on this important issue. You've been listening to Around Farm Progress, our weekly look at agriculture across the United States from editors with the Farm Progress team and experts in our industry. Farm Progress is the nation's leading agriculture information source with 17 state and regional brands, as well as farm futures, beef, national hog farmer and feedstuffs, and the Farm Progress show and Husker Harvest Days. And it's time to register for the 2021 Farm Futures Business Summit and Ag Finance Boot Camp. Learn more at farmfuturesummit.com and you can save 20% if you use the promo code FARMFUN, all one word, when you register. Join us next week as we continue our agriculture journey around the country. I'm Willie Vogt, Editorial Director at Farm Progress. Thanks for listening. <music>